It's Unnecessary Roughness, live from Radio Row in Arizona, brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow and the 215. Butker's kick is up, the spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! Attention, air traffic control, a flock of eagles is heading to Arizona. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Another day live from Phoenix, Arizona. We're at the Convention Center. It's Radio Row. It is day four. Day four, and it is on and popping on this Thursday. Demont Cotton, your boy Q, and we're coming out swinging. Ding, ding. And what I mean by that is our next guest that we have, Henry Cejudo. How you doing, Henry? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys? Fantastic. Fantastic. So you guys have been doing this stuff for four, uh, I mean, what What day is it? Since Monday? It's, it's, yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday. We've been here since really Sunday night, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're grinding. Yeah, that's cool, man. You guys enjoying Phoenix? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's all right. <laughs> the, the Super Bowl's in Vegas next year, so you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. so we're oh, so we getting ready. Cool. We're just getting that ready of that year. Yeah. Hey, wow. next year it's in Vegas, so it's going to be even dude, bigger and better. What do you guys think about the stadium now that's in Vegas? I mean, obviously, obviously having the Raiders. Are you guys, you guys are, you guys have been there since the beginning. Yeah, yes. we're the flagship station for the Silver and Black. So uh, yeah, Raider Nation Radio, uh, Legion Stadium is amazing. It's yeah. beautiful. It's it's absolutely it's it's the best best place. Uh, I think you you'd have a good uh, big time match there. Good time there. I mean, have you been yet? Uh, to the Raiders Stadium, I haven't, but I'm in Vegas. I'm in Vegas at least six six times a year, man. I'm always out there. Yeah, man. All right, so Every I got to just months. jump right into it, man. Yeah. We know that Aljo, he's got that bicep injury. We don't know when it's going to happen, but when do you but think? That's what he said. He says Ooh, he's got go that bicep injury. Go on to get it I now. Mean, go on to get it. title fight, man. <laughs> when is it going to happen? Do you know? Man, I don't know, man. As far as I'm concerned, I think he's just going to dodge me, man. I think I may end up fighting Sean O'Malley. These dudes are afraid of. Uh, they're afraid of my wrestling. My my wrestling is better than theirs, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, bro. I don't know how to answer that. You know what I mean? O- only Al Jermaine knows. Only he knows he's lying. That's all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because you might have to fight Sean O'Malley for the interim title. Even I, better. I had even him easier. on earlier this week. You said even easier. He said that he would want to fight you. So you think he's an easier matchup than Aljo? Yeah, yeah. Because he's got no wrestling. He's got mm. better striking. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't have that grit in him. He's just a showman. He's a hype train. You know, that's all he's, you know, that's all there is to it, bro. You know, looking like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I love you know, it. You're here tripping. I'm like, what did you just say? I like it. I'm sure he's a good dude or whatnot, but no, when it comes to the competition, there's just levels, bro. And I'm proven. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I lo- hey, he's, man. He's, just, he's, he's, he's stuck on that YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Get, wow. Getting kids hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Cejudo is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We're on Radio Row here in Phoenix. So, when you – I mean, what, what got you What got you in, involved in this? Because he, he's, deep, he's deep into the fight game. I'm not. But I, I'm always intrigued by how you got started. You know, what was the passion? What's the burn? Um – what burns you talking about, bro? But uh, you know, the, <laughs> what kind of burn you uh, thinking? <laughs> what, what are we talking about? <laughs> it's called more desire, man. Okay, you know, yeah. it's competition, bro. That's all yeah. there is to it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, it, that, that's all there is to it. You start to discover your gift. You start. You like it. Become a fan of something. Mm-hmm. You're intrigued by it. All right. I no longer want to become a fan. I want to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's probably like like you know football. Right. Watch it on TV. You know, you saw Joe Montana. Who's your era? 
Oh man, I was I, I was Joe Montana. I was you know Jim Plunkett. I mean I, I was I was all that. Even though the Raiders haven't won a Super Bowl since '83, I mean I was and I was a young cat then. But yeah, that, that was I'm 46 now, so you know I, I had that good wheelhouse. I had that good wheelhouse. And for those that don't know out there, Henry Cejudo, he's the only fighter in UFC history to have an Olympic gold medal and win a UFC title, UFC flyweight champion and former bantamweight champion. What, what was that drive like? You talk, you talk about the drive, the desire to even want to come back because you've done it all. You could have retired and been one of the all-time greats already, but now you're coming back, man. So what's, what's bringing you out? You know what's bringing me is easy money. <laughs> keeping it real. Hey, keeping it real. Easy money, bro. <laughs> yeah. Starting off with Al Gislain to Ronald McDonald, bro. They're all easy money, dude. I'm ready to clean shop. I'm a, I'm about to rob the bank with my with you know, freaking noon. Wow. Like that's all there is to it. But honestly, it's just taking three years off, dude. It's just you know, finding that drive once again. Because mm-hmm. it is, it is. You know, I've been doing this since the age of 11. 21 won the Olympics. Waited 10 years. Won, won the UFC town. Then won another belt on top of that. You know, brother needs a break, man. Want to mm-hmm. have kids? You know, travel the world. Enjoy there you my go. money. Hey, enjoy, enjoy my millions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I gotta ask. <laughs> and you, now man. I ran out of millions. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get back. Gotta get back. Money done ran out. The ATM machine ran out. Hey, guess what, guys? It's the easiest way to make money too, man. So I just. It's like you know what, screw it. I'll do it again. Yo, you, I, you already here. You out here clowning. I love the honesty. I love the honesty oh, no, though, because you know. The- I was just about to ask him about that. He, you're so honest. I mean, people. Some people consider you a troll, man. But what do you? What, what is it like that social media engagement that you have, where you're just not afraid? We hearing it right now. You're not afraid to say what's on your mind. Oh, why not, dude? You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to make friends, bro. I'm here to take over, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to <laughs> cash checks, crack necks. <laughs> And celebrate, bro. Be by the beach. You know what I mean? Like this is this is this is strictly business. And if I got to sell a fight to do it, then this is what it is. All right. And, and so I'm not I'm not here to be that humble dude that's in a bow. Dude, they ain't mixed martial arts. We're about to stick each other. You know, I don't believe in that stuff. You know what I mean? There it is. Yeah. One thousand percent, man. Something <laughs> else I want to talk. You know, because you see it all the time where people are just like, oh man, you know. But I like it where you you got to come out here. It's a fight at the end of the day. But I want you to give us a little preview of some fights, man, because you also you can do it in the cage, but you're also a great analyst. I see you got the YouTube channel going where you're breaking down fights. Islam Makachev and then Alexander Volkanovsky. Who do you think has the edge in that fight? The, um, Islam Makachev. Islam Makachev is about to mop the floor with that dude. <laughs> he's in a mop. And why? He's, he's a bigger man. He's got better wrestling. His top control. If you're not ready for a top control that Islam has, you're in trouble. You don't need, you need about a whole year to really understand the game of wrestling. Mm-hmm. To understand just that position, which is, he's going to hurt him, bro. He's going to stop him between the third and fourth round. Alexander Volkanovsky is about to be chopped liver, man. He's about to lose his pound for pound uh, crown. It's unfortunate because I wanted to fight Volkanovsky, but, you know, he's, now he's going to have a blemish and, you know, and then I'm next. Do you think you could be the first three-time Why not? world champ, three-time division champ? They doubted me winning the Olympics. They doubted me winning two belts. Why not? Why not? It's the challenge, bro. That's the motivation. I want to do things that nobody has ever done. I'm already in a, I'm already in a mountain of my own. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to just be on a mountain on top of a mountain. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to make history. Like, like cringe aside, persona aside, I'm just an <laughs> ultimate competitor, and I want to take it to a whole other level that people would be like, damn. He said what he was gonna. It was not even. It's not even for them, bro. It's it's more for me. Mm. I'm challenging my damn soul. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm gonna have fun while doing it. 
I love it. I love it. Henry Cejudo is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I wanted to pass along this message we got on our don'tbebroke.com text line from Sir Whiskey Ray. He said, this is why I absolutely love UFC. Thanks for having Henry C. on the airwaves. Ask him if there's any interest to getting it on with Brandon Moreto. Thanks, guys. Uh, that's, that's another guy that's easy money. <laughs> yeah. That's another one that's easy money, you know. I used to train with Brandon Moreno. We used to train together, and he knows what I used to do to him in practice. And I've only gotten better, and so has he. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I'm, I'm like his big brother, dude. I heard him. So something else I got to ask you about: having to find a new coach or a new training camp. What's that process been like? And anything? I'm not, not like specifics about why you have to get a new coach, but just uh, what's the new? What's, how did this process come about? With new coaching? Uh, yeah, yeah. With the um, the old coach getting suspended from from the UFC. Which coach? His coach. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, James Krause. James Krause, yeah. <laughs> oh, James Krause. I don't know, man. He was, you know, he's dabbling with people that are organizing crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's next uh, level yeah, right there. It's all good, man. It's all good, man. Hey, man, I'm out of there on that. No, it's all good, man. <laughs> I'm checking out on that conversation. You're going to get me caught up, man. No, it's all <laughs> good, man. We're all, we're all upstanding citizens around here. Man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm with yeah, Henry, man. You know that's going to be a controversial question. Yeah, man. You trying to stir the pot up, man. No, it's good, man. Trying to be the young Don King. You ain't got to touch that. You ain't got to touch that, man. Well, Henry. Thank you for stopping by the table, man. This has been a blast. Thank you for keeping it real. I don't care what keeping they say about the cringe. I know it's not cringe. It's honesty, man, and I love it. Yeah, people hate the truth, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> people hate the truth. It's unfortunate, but they hate the truth. You know what I'm saying? There it is. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. We're excited. You got to start it today. I mean, we started the show, and boom, like I said, ding, ding, came out the ring. Ding, ding. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Later, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, thanks for coming by, man. Henry Cejudo with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. That's how we're getting day started today uh, here on day four. Appreciate you, brother. Good stuff. Yeah, but, man, this is how we're starting on day four, and we've got a lineup of people to talk to. We've got A.J. Cole, Raiders Pro Bowl punter. You'll hear from him. Lee Steinberg, super agent, Steinberg Sports. Tahani Jones, longtime NFL linebacker. Tim Brown, HOFer. Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. DJ Dallas, the Seahawks running back. Jordan Schultz, uh, NFL insider. Bruce Arians, NFL champion, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's now in their front office. And Ro- Roman Harper, longtime NFL safety. And oh, by the way, whatever else happens to stumble by and come by the table when we keep it uh, all the way real, keep it all the way live here on Radio Row. Big shout out to Subaru of Las Vegas. Uh, thank you to Spearmint Rhino as well for making sure that we are here in Phoenix at the Convention Center on Radio Row. 210 is the time when we come back. AJ Cole, Raiders Pro Bowl punter. You'll hear that conversation next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Roughness with your boy Q. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. We're back here on Radio Row. Definitely appreciate Subaru of Las Vegas and Spearmint Rhino making sure we're here. It's day four. It's very busy. We walked in today and it just, boom, hit us like, well, just hit us right in the face. Just bam, right in the face. So uh, it's a lot of fun here. It's been great being here. It'll be nice to get back to the house, relax a little bit, you know, be able to chill for a minute. But uh, I'll tell you, just kind of keeping your head on a swivel and seeing uh, a lot of different people walking by, HOFers, gold jackets walking by, it's pretty cool. Having all these guys sitting down, having conversations, and one one conversation at one booth changes from another conversation. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's really been a fun experience, and Damon, you're getting your first taste of it, and... Has day four hitting you, hitting you kind of hard? Yeah, day four has really hit me. Uh, not so much in, like, the tiredness or rundownness, but this is the day that I've got the goosebumps. This was the day that all, all of the things that you're talking about, 
actually happened to me to when it was the basically the Texas Mount, Mount Rushmore that was over awesome there earlier today where you got that Tony Dorsett, awesome. Emmett Smith, and Earl Campbell all doing an interview together. I yeah. mean, that was like wow. No, that was that was next level, and I'm telling you, Raider Nation, you're lucky. That that wasn't me. That was actually a radio station from East Texas, uh, Kevin Simon and uh, and my guy Bill Coates, and, and they do a heck of a job. But, um, man, I'll tell you, you're lucky I wasn't me because if that had been me and I did that and they did that is – I mean, that was this morning. When we got here this morning, probably about 9 o'clock this morning, we were uh, – Not exactly. It was <laughs> around 9. No, I'm looking at the timestamp on the pictures that I took. Oh. 9 o'clock exactly. Oh, it was 9. Okay, there you go. 9 <laughs> o'clock exactly. When they did that, I, I told them, I looked at them, I said, well, the day's over. It's not going to get any better than that. Everything's going to be downhill from here. So if I'm you, uh, I'm walking out this building <laughs> right now saying, show over. Done deal. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett, and Emmett Smith all sitting at the same table. I, I just... Took a, a picture of the, or I took a video, a quick video, tweeted out, and I said, "Now that's a hell of a lot of rushing yards sitting at that table." And it wasn't even planned; it wasn't scheduled to be like that. It just happened to be, and this is how it is here on Radio Row. You you get relationships, and Earl Campbell, who's from Tyler, Texas, and that radio station is from Tyler, Texas. Uh, they he has a relationship with them, so he saw Tony Dorsett sitting there, and he decided to roll up because he's in a wheelchair. He rolled up uh, there, and and. And sat there, and then Emmett Smith was like, oh, well, hell, he was at a Dallas station talking. So he walked over and started and sat down and talked. So all three of them got together at the same time. Again, imagine that. Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett, and Emmett Smith all at the same table. That's like having Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, and, like, Tim Brown all at the same. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, just greatness on top of greatness on top of greatness all on the same round table. I mean, I, man, that, that, was, that was awesome. Yeah, I don't think anything that I'm probably ever going to see in my lifetime related to sports is just going to match, like, just the awe that I had where even when I was taking the pictures for Kevin because he's yeah. like, hey, can you get a group picture of all of us, you know, with the three guys? It's like, yeah, sure, no problem. I felt proud just taking the picture. Right. Where, man, that was, that'll probably be the moment. And to be up close with Earl Campbell, greatness like that. The Tyler Rose, man. man he is, and he's looking, I mean, he went through some dark times, and he's looking a lot better these days. And, man, just to see all those guys and Tony, Tony Dorsett and, and Emmett. And Emmett was looking looking real good. I mean, he looked like he was walking around with this bottle of tequila. And I actually was honored to, to get some tequila from him a couple years ago uh, when he was walking around. I, I can't remember. I think maybe we were in San Francisco. I don't, I don't remember where we were, but uh, that's some good stuff. And so he was walking around. I believe he's coming back tomorrow. So that's going to be one of those goals that we try to close out the week with well we were expecting to have josh booty but we're going to go ahead and punt on that he took too long to get here so that's how it rolls well speaking of punting how about we go to the silver and black aj cole he was here earlier he talked to raiders.com he's going to be at the honors tonight josh jacobs was walking around here earlier had a couple minutes to catch up with the raiders pro bowl punter aj cole back here on unnecessary roughness radio nation radio 920 your boy q devon cotton and right now i'm joined at the table here at radio row by uh, raiders pro bowl punter aj cole and AJ, how's that sound, man, to be a Pro Bowler multiple times now? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's uh, obviously an incredible honor. Um, it's a team sport. There are um, individual uh, accolades that come with it, but I think I'd be remiss without saying that, um, you know, me getting to the Pro Bowl is the product of having great players and coaches around me and, you know, having, you know, Trent Snap and Matt cover punts and Luke Masterson, you know, protect all, all those right. and all those other guys that I didn't mention, you know, having guys like that 
that you get to play with, um, that makes it a lot easier for me to just go out there and do my job. Um, and so, you know, I, I was the one that got to, uh, you know, wear the jersey and eat the hot dogs, but everybody else <laughs> contributed to me getting there. No doubt. No, hey, but it's it, – and you do a fantastic job, obviously. You know, great great punter, uh, a weapon, really. I mean, and, and being a punter is a weapon. But you were just at the Pro Bowl at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, how was that? They made it very family-friendly. How did, how did you – how much fun did you have with that? Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that unless you were a punter or the immediate family of a punter, I think it was an improvement. Um, as someone who had no opportunity to play in the game, I was a little bit uh, bored. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the flag football actually came out really good. I mean, mm-hmm. I actually grew up playing flag football before I started playing tackle. Um, and so I, I think flag is um, a, it's a pretty cool way to highlight that. I think it's great for young kids and uh, different people. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought the game was um, pretty competitive, and hopefully the fans enjoyed watching it. I think that it's cool, too, kind of to get to see some of these star players yeah. um, without their helmet on, right. right? Because we have very little facial recognition a lot of time because mm-hmm. we always play this game, you know, with the helmet on. So yeah. I think to see some of the stars kind of, like, see their facial expressions and stuff, kind of like a basketball player, was kind of cool. And it's something that somebody pointed out to me that's a wrinkle I didn't even think about. But, yeah, I think it went good. I, I thought it was a fun game. You know, it's funny you mentioned the facial recognition. As we're walking around this massive convention center and we're looking at, hey, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Everyone's – Wait, hold on. That's I know I recognize them, but you know, it's, it's, so it's I understand completely because again, you don't. You guys are wearing helmets all the time, so more times than not, we'll know you by numbers and helmets as opposed to just walking around in your L.A. Raider uh, Looney Tunes shirt on like you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I keep the hair. Is it something? Yeah, a little distinct. It's identifiable. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that. So what else you got lined up for the rest of the day, man? I know you've been going and going and going. You're gonna go to the. The uh, honors later on this evening? Yeah, we're going to the honors, so we got to, you know, dress up on our Sunday's best. It's one of the four times a year that I put a suit on, and Good. the other three are weddings. Um, and so we'll p- do that, do the red carpet, and then we have a community service event Friday morning that we're doing. Um, and then Sunday morning before the game, mm-hmm. we have a breakfast with the Peyton family Okay. Um, at the hotel that we're staying at, and then we're going to go straight from there to the game. Nice, nice. Well, are you ready? Next year is going to be all this is going to be happening at Allegiant. Oh, in Vegas. How, how exciting is that? It's awesome. I think it's great for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be interested to see if they do the Pro Bowl um, the week before. Right. And if they do, that's probably going to be the most disastrous week of traffic in oh, Las Vegas goodness. history. I mean, <laughs> just – cancel christmas like right. walk, walk it's walk. over it is absolutely over well aj i appreciate you man it's always great catching up with you throughout the course of the season you've always given us plenty of time following games or at practice but just wanted to catch up with you in a you know convention room setting you know a little little uh a radio row style and just you know chop it up with you for a few minutes so i definitely appreciate you appreciate it thank you there he goes raiders pro bowl punter aj cole and he didn't have a whole lot to do with the pro bowl but just to be a pro bowler to be honored like that uh, is is awesome, right? So you got to give him a lot of props. And again, he was walking around here, Radio Row, earlier today. Stop by Raiders.com. Stop with us. Talk to our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. So he's he's been making his rounds as well. But uh, yeah, Demond, this is uh, we, this is one of those situations now. And we like to take people behind the scenes when we're here. And when we're anywhere, we like to take people behind the scenes. But it's to the point now where our schedule is so tight that if we don't get someone immediately when they're supposed to come on, then we have to keep it moving. Yeah, a real snooze you lose situation. Because <laughs> <laughs> is that, too much is that how you call it? You snooze <laughs> yeah. you lose. Yeah.
<laughs> because uh, for people that don't know the previous guest, they're walking up and it's like, it's too late. Yep. It's, it's just too late. We don't have the time. There are not enough hours in the show, and it's a three-hour show. Right, exactly. But that's, I mean, that's the reality of it. And what happens, and I've mentioned it before, it's like a domino effect. If one interview goes long, then, then they're going to be late to their next, their next interview, and then that's going to go long, and then they're, so they're going to be behind and behind and behind. And then all of a sudden you look up, and they're 20, 25 minutes behind, and they're like, hey, here we go. Or else they'll show up. The other good one, the classic one that we just had, as a matter of fact, was the you book with one, and all of a sudden you have two. And it's who That's the classic. Like, who the hell is that guy? Who is he? And also, when you're talking about the domino effect, and then it hurts you because I we had Brandon Marshall from I Am Athlete. Yeah. And it was, hey, I talked at 235, and it was, hey, yeah, he's, he's running late to his 230. It's 235. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. you're telling me he's, five, he's already five minutes late for the interview that's supposed to be at 230? That's what you say less. Right. <laughs> I know what ain't happening. Right. I mean, that's, and again, that's just the reality of it. And, and you know, I, I can't complain about it because I know I'm the one that's guilty of, of making some of the interviews go longer than they should. And I'm sure that some people are probably like, I wish that guy would wrap up. I guess, wish that guy would wrap up. But depending on who it is and the relationship that you have, sometimes it's easy just to keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. Don't like it when it happens to us, but I get it. Yeah. When I was going to talk, when I was talking to Roman Harper earlier today, I was ready to talk to him for at least another five, ten minutes. I had the questions ready in my head, and I was getting the uh, wrap-up signal because right. JT needed to get on the air. Right. But it was, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, we had, we've had we had so many people lined up around our table. Between our two tables here, between what our sister station ESPN Las Vegas is doing, I think Cofield and company have probably recorded about 35 interviews today, it feels like. They, they have been super busy, and sometimes we have two interviews going at the same table at the same time recording, and then uh, myself and you and JT and all the stuff we were doing. I mean, we had everyone grinding. Jared's like, well, hell, i got to pull out my damn phone and start recording myself. He actually is the one who got A.J. Cole. Well, actually, to, to be honest, A.J. Cole was out with the Raiders, and, and Jared said, hey, man, I've been trying to get you for, I don't know, a couple years now. And uh, for some reason, he's never got him on the, on the press box on ESPN Las Vegas, so – that's how that ended up happening. I, why. So. <laughs> I guess that's an inside joke that I'm not aware of, but that's okay. 2.26 is the time. We're here uh, again, Phoenix Convention Center, man. We're live on Radio Row. It's funny being a West Coast radio station. You start to see it starting to thin out a little bit because all the East Coast shows are starting to get wrapped up. They're like, Hugh, what time are you off? I'm like, man, I ain't off till 6 here. <laughs> like, oh, well. We're going to go have some lunch or something, but no, uh, it's, it's, again, it's a lot of fun just seeing everyone and, and seeing all your old friends, right? I mean, because this industry is so small, everyone knows somebody through somebody or because of somebody or whatever the case is, so it's always fun to be able to catch up with them as well. 226 is the time when we come back. Lee Steinberg, Steinberg Sports, the super agent. He's got a big-time party that I normally would go to on Saturdays, but we won't be here in town on Saturday to go to it. But uh, he's a big-time agent. He's Patrick Mahomes' agent. Really kind of uh, revamped his career once he signed Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk all about that with Lee Steinberg next here on Red Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. Supposed to have... Super agent Lee Steinberg from Steinberg Sports here at the table right about now, but uh, he's not here. So, Damon, this is something that happens on Radio Row as well, especially if guys have been interviewing all day. Some, at some point, sometimes they just say, oh, yeah, I need to go get something to eat, and sometimes they never come back. Yeah. So I've been seeing Lee Steinberg walk around here quite a bit, but I haven't seen him uh, lately, like in the last 
I don't know, about an hour? I don't think I've seen him. So don't know where Lee Steinberg is at, but he's supposed to be here at the table with us. And so if, if he comes by, he comes by. But you know how it is, man. Again, I said the schedule's really tight. Don't have too many windows where, you know, you could be super late and then just hop on. So if he gets here in the next few minutes, we'll talk to him. If not, we'll just keep the party rolling. So there's that. Uh, on the Raiders side of things, Derek Carr, we talked about the fact that he was visiting with the Saints and he uh, wrapped up, uh, I guess he went to a dinner and wrapped that up pretty late last night, and he's back at the facility today. So he's back at the facility with the with the Saints and talking to head coach Dennis Allen and, and others on that staff. So, Damon, this is really the first team that we know of, at least, that's showing a lot of interest in D.C., and I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what kind of draft compensation it would be if he were to get traded, but I'm thinking something is better than nothing. And it seems like that there could be something that, that happens. Yeah, something's better than nothing in this situation. And on the Derek Carr side of things, yeah, it's a, it's a good fit Been going back with Dennis Allen. But what's fair compensation? I'm thinking maybe a second-round pick. Something's better than nothing. I think nothing. that's too high, brother. You think a second-round pick's too high? Well, but, well I mean, look. I mean, how, okay, how valuable, how valuable is something if you know that you're getting rid of it, right? I mean, like, like I don't want to put a, a value. I don't want to say that about a player. But, I mean, the reality is everyone knows that he's going to be gone at some point. So why would you give up a second-round pick or, or higher or anything like that when you know that, hey, you can wait it out and he's going to get released at some point? Yeah, well, maybe. Well, why are they taking these meetings at all in the first place then? If that's the case where you, where you could just sit back and wait for him to be released, I think that Derek Carr, I know where people say he's got the no-trade clause, but it is that contract that he would still want to hold on yeah, to. Yeah, of course. Because, yep. you know, if he gets released and then the Saints are – Saying, "Hey, man, we can do it for twenty million. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't sound as good as forty million. No, no. matter who you are. No, of so course I do not. think that 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 that's obviously the selling point for why the trade why a trade would be more favorable in Derek Carr's camp as well. So maybe a third. I don't know. A third round pick doesn't seem out of the question to me. You know, and and maybe I'm way undervaluing this situation, and I could be, and I have no problem with it. You know, but if we woke up tomorrow and there was a headline saying that the Raiders are going to receive a late round pick like a fifth round pick for Derek Carr I wouldn't be surprised I really wouldn't that's that's kind of where I'm at that's that's my starting point is around uh, a fifth round pick only because of the circumstances now if they're able to get something more like a third round pick or like you said a second round pick hey man Dave Ziegler is working some magic you know he's really doing his thing I, I I just I personally don't see that happening I think he'll be a lot less value than that and that doesn't mean that he's not a good quarterback because he is but when you know that someone's on the way out of there, why would you give up anything more than, you know, a later round pick? I don't know. I, I don't know the Saints in their draft situation. I don't know what p- picks they have, and if they have a round where they might have multiple picks, that could be something to look at. I'm not 100% sure, but I just feel like, man, it's got to be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a later round pick. It's, I, I just. I don't see it being, you know, a day one or day two pick. I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's just something that we're gonna disagree on because I just <laughs> think that with Derek Carr's value. Well, like, if you're getting the starting quarterback, I'm not saying that, yeah, the ball's in their court, but I don't think that a third-round pick, when you talk about the value, mm-hmm. I know I know you could always say, hey, you could hit on that third-round pick. He could be some depth on the roster. But, hey, if you're just looking at it, what are you getting back in return for what you're giving away? You're getting a starting quarterback for the next three or four years for a third-round pick. You make that deal every day and twice on Sundays. <laughs> Ian Rappaport just tweeted out, the Saints' visit with Raiders quarterback Derek Carr was a lengthy one. So there's that. Adam Hill is – well, he's eating, so I don't want to uh, interrupt him. <laughs> I w- wanted to ask his thought. He's usually a pretty good 
judge of you know what he thinks like value. He's 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 a smart cat when it comes to well just about everything. But uh, he yeah, knows I, he knows what he's talking about. Adam Hill joins us now at the at the booth here, Radio the word, Row. The words you were looking for were brilliant and hilarious. There you go. I'm I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Why is Demond so angry about that? <laughs> Adam is like my nemesis. He just doesn't know it yet. You know. This guy, he, yeah, he's great. Sports writer of the year for Nevada. Thank you. I mean, I don't know who was doing the voting, but. I thought you voted for me. Yeah. Well, so, not enough people voted for me. Exactly. Not enough people voted for me. The real pros are getting slighted. <laughs> as, as the winner, I'll throw my endorsement behind you for next year. That should, you know, that should really. There you go. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, man. Not enough people voted for me, man. Second place is the first loser, and I don't even know if I was second place. So, either way you look Finalist. at it. Yeah, I know. That's that's you know, that's cool. While you're a finalist, not was, everyone can win. I mean, I did, but not, <laughs> not, not everyone. I know, not everyone right. can, yeah. I know that's right. I know that's right. Let me ask you this, man. We were talking about DC and the Saints, and it looks like this is a, a, a spot that he could potentially end up landing at. What do you think realistic compensation would be? There's not going to be compensation. He's not getting traded. You think they're just gonna they're just gonna release him? I think so. Look. We could be wrong, and, and I think this is kind of what we've been operating all along that he was going to be released. Yeah, that's point. how I, I was feeling. Yeah, only, only because what if Derek Carr tells the Saints today? Let's just say, for instance, Derek Carr says, "You know what? Yes, mm-hmm. I love it. I want to play here. This visit went great. Yeah, we have we even have an extension worked out. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, then why on earth would the Saints come back and tell the Raiders, "Yeah, we'll give you whatever a third round pick"? Why? Right. right. If he already has agreed to go there. What motivation do they have to give up something? Well, that well, no, and, and you make a lot of sense, and that's why I thought it would be a, a later round pick because the Raiders are trying to get some compensation back, and apparently they, and I know that there's been some language between different insiders saying one thing and saying the other, but as far as I was concerned, the conversations always kind of already kind of agreed on. Yeah, I don't think they would have allowed him to talk unless they talked about compensation. Yeah. But that that also is look, if the Saints are so convinced. Mm-hmm. If they if they are going if they come out of this meeting and say okay we absolutely need to have him mm-hmm. no question about it then maybe yeah they they say well there's another team out there potentially right. let's let's do something to do it so it is certainly possible that they get a pick out of this and, and that happens but I, I just don't foresee a scenario where Carr would agree to go somewhere and the team would agree to take him and then they come back and say okay now we're going to give you a pick like right. that, that's why when I know when people were mad when. There was this whole story that the Raiders didn't want, you know, Derek out negotiating with another right. team. They were blocking him from doing it, and people said, why would you do that? Like, this is why. That, yeah, exactly. This is well, You don't yep. want him to agree to go to another team because then why would they? Why would the other team give up something? They just wait for him to be a free agent next week. Right, and it's going to happen at the latest next week. Yeah. I mean, we all yeah. know that. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. So let's just, for S's and giggles, just say that he does get traded. What What would you say is a, is a pick that, that they, they would give up and be comfortable or you think they could give up and be comfortable with? Yeah, well, let's see. We're trying to work through what, what picks they have. And, by the way, their salary cap situation is a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't with, even know what the picks Saints. they have. So, um, and I know they made some, some trades last year to, uh, to kind of move around a little bit. So I, I, would, I would think because of the circumstances, like you're mm-hmm. not looking – nobody is saying what Derek Carr's actual value is. Right. Th- that, that's irrelevant. It, it's exactly thing. right. It's exactly it's, right. It's what are they going to give up just to facilitate the, kind of the, the yep. moving of this. And let's not forget – like, there is risk involved with the Raiders decide to make a trade mm-hmm. and that the Saints could back out. They could change their mind, yeah. And now your contract is guaranteed, you're locked in, and now there, there's nowhere to go. So, uh, yeah, that becomes a difficult scenario. So I, I just think that there's so many moving pieces here to go. So I would say, like, a third would be where you'd probably end up 
because of all those all those different moving pieces, and that might even be generous. Yeah, they have one first round pick, they have one second round pick, they have a number three pick at seventy one overall, and then four is number one twelve. I'm looking at round five. They have two picks in round five. Okay. Yeah, maybe fifth. One forty three, one sixty three. Those are the two I'm looking at. I just feel like you're gonna what it's gonna be is um uh conditional late round pick. That's what we're yeah, gonna hear. And, and, be and the, essentially, you know, again, the the Raiders could say, All right, give us give us the fifth. Yeah. And the Saints could say no. Or the Raiders could say, Give us the third, let's yeah, say. Yeah. And the Saints say, No, we're just gonna wait till you cut them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, fine, give us the fifth. Right. Give us the fifth. Fine. Yeah. Just like, give, give us something, something, man. Give us something out of it. <laughs> and and again, I think from the Raiders' perspective, like, yeah, any compensation would be nice, but the cutting of the ties is what they really care about. Like, right. move on, get this over with. No more talking about it, no more speculation, no more every time you do an interview, anytime you're anywhere, every player that was on the Raiders today around here was asked over and over, what are they going to do? Like, yeah. just just end it. Got to have that it, clean it, break. It needs, it needs to be over. Right, absolutely. Well, I know you got to go, but uh, what you got coming out, man, on the RJ or whatever, that I know you've been grinding here on Radio Special Row. Special section, a whole section on the Super Bowl coming out. Uh, tomorrow, hits your news. Are there still newsstands? It'll hit your newsstand. <laughs> I'm about those, to say, uh, I don't think so. One of those boxes. There, you, you pull a, them open. put a quarter in. You yeah, open, you take you all take the papers. Paper. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, no. You one. <laughs> hey, I used to do <laughs> that when I was a kid. I did it. Paper. I did it when I was a kid. When yeah. Ricky Henderson did something good, he was in the paper, and I had I to get even, them all. I don't even know if they're still out there. Go to the, your local <laughs> gas station, wherever you buy a newspaper, and, you know, better yet, subscribe. There you, you go. Throw it on your door. That's how I get day. it. It comes right to my email every single day, and I appreciate you guys. There he is. Adam Hill from the RJ. Sports writer, of the sports year. writer of the year. Sorry that I didn't get either. I didn't get we'll sports broadcast sure, of the year. Make sure everybody knows. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll make sure to. Uh, okay. We'll have to get a Thank special you. liner created and everything. Some ding, ding, ding. Sports want, writer of the year. I need to hear Demont say it too. Go ahead, Demont. Say what? You know, Nevada sports writer of the year. You got to. Alpha S. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say. My it. nemesis won't say. It. I won't, I'm not gonna That's say. Right. It. I okay. don't know. You guys got some kind of uh, some dark beef going on, but all right. This guy, he's a celebrity. He walks around with his chest yeah. out all the time. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. I only talked to Q. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. We That's appreciate fine. you, Adam Hill, with us. Two forty-two is the time. Lee Steinberg. I guess we missed him. That happens. That's all right. Don't even worry about it. Just keep the party rolling. DeMond had an opportunity to catch up with Tahani Jones, longtime NFL linebacker. You'll hear that conversation next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. Many thanks to Adam Hill who just joined us a few minutes ago. We were talking a little Derek Carr. He was really talking more trash. I think he was trash talking. Demond more than anything, but uh, many thanks to Adam Hill. We do appreciate him. Does a fantastic job. And we were talking about Derek Carr and compensation. Got a bunch of text messages on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Raider Fish and Berkeley said, what is preventing the Raiders from holding on to Carr after the deadline, then negotiating with other teams? Well, that's a gamble. That's a gamble that you have to take because once that 15th, that date goes by, then that money is guaranteed. And so you're, you're assuming that if you hold on to them and you can, you can flip them, then you can then then that's going to happen. When I think at the end of the day, I don't think they want to play around and take too many chances. I think kind of like similar to what Adam said, just want to get it over with. Mm-hmm. Where that for me is like just cut them now if you got to. Where it's it's like you said, it's so drawn out. Get it over with. Rip the bandaid off. Break up with the girlfriend. Whatever analogy you want to use, because we're all tired of hearing about it. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's the storyline. Because it is, and it's the most important position on the team is the is the quarterback position, and he's been the quarterback of the Raiders for so long that all of a sudden it's just a new chapter, and it really you don't know what's next. And we have plenty of gut feelings on what could potentially be next, but we don't know, right? I mean, we're just talking about it until 
something happens. We feel like that there's a, you know, a, a couple different options. You know, Josh Jacobs has mentioned it. Uh, he mentioned it at the Pro Bowl at the practice that there's about three, three uh, quarterbacks that they're looking at, and he didn't drop any names. But I mean, we've all seen the list. We've all heard the names. So until really the situation with Carr happens, and then also the situation with whoever the next quarterback's going to be. It's going to be a conversation. It's going to be something that we're going to talk about consistently. Got a text from the 916. Saints are $60 million over the cap, so a free agent bidding war is out of the question. Plus, they just got picks from the Broncos for Sean Payton. So, basically, they'd be getting car for free and not competing with other teams. So, there's uh, the 916. Text from the 707. If the Saints aren't Carr's ideal landing spot and another team comes forward and is interested in him, then he could easily change his mind and the Saints would lose out on him because they were playing games. Uh, another text from the 805, I agree with DeMond, at least a second-round pick. The Saints are trying to get Carr before other teams. Uh, if Carr is released, there will be a bidding war for him as a free agent. So that's interesting. Uh, and also, we got one from Geese Mode. I don't remember who said it, but one of your guests mentioned that 10 teams need a good quarterback. If you're one of these teams, you want to secure Carr via trade for his having a bidding war and the price getting driven up. That would be my thinking. So. There you go. A lot of good feedback right there. I like it. Uh, one more from Raider Fisher Berkeley. Are you talk, taking calls today? Also, I really want to compliment you all for such a great job and coverage as I've been thoroughly entertained while you all are on Radio Row. And uh, Yeah, we'll take some calls. We'll have some time for, for open calls. Uh, but we do want to try to get as many of these uh, interviews that we've been hustling up because, man, we get here and we get on the grind. We get after each other. We get after – I mean, it's just one of those situations. Go, go, go. Tamon, there goes that guy. Go get him. Jared, there's that guy. Go get him. You know, and it's just that's just kind of what it is. So, no, and look, Jared, I said that, and Jared's like, where? Let me go get him. <laughs> Jared thought I was me. He thought I was being serious. <laughs> that's what it sounds like every morning when we get here. It's like, all right. Who's, who's up? What do you have next? Where are we going? All right, look around. Take a lap. Jared, go look. Come on, go look. You know, it's just that's just what it is, and that's what we've been doing. So Real we want to try to get. Before we get into the Dahani Jones interview, yeah. I want to say I was going down the escalator. Q's old boss, David Smoke, was going up the escalator. He puts his fist out, and he said, you getting any bangers? Yep. So when Q talks about the banger mentality that he picked up from Texas, I experienced it firsthand. Yep. Uh, you getting any bangers? And, and you know, no, not, not yet, sir. And, and kept it moving. That's funny. He actually texted me a little while ago. Uh, he was doing some stuff. He said, we were fortunate. We got Earl and Tony Dorsett. Uh, we have a we and we've had a damn good day. Uh, and he said, "Bangers day." <laughs> so there you go. So that's that's how we roll here on Radio Row. Now, my man Demond, I'm seeing him grow up right in front of my eyes. He had an opportunity to catch up with Tahani Jones, longtime linebacker in the NFL. Here's that conversation. Hey, I'm Demond Cotton here on Radio Row with Tahani Jones, and he is here with Cafe Momentum. Man, what can you tell me about that? Because it sounds like some real good stuff. Look, there are a lot of uh, youth af affected by the juvenile justice system. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they come out, they need to have a second chance. And that's what Cafe Momentum is really all about. And so um, with the Stand Together Foundation, alongside with the Players Coalition, and alongside with the NFL, we're bringing a food truck right here um, to Arizona so that everybody on Radio Road can meet some of these young people, can meet the ambassadors that are part of uh, – about Cafe Momentum, and that the public can as well. So tomorrow, um, which is the 9th, and then also on Friday as well, um, the the media can be there between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock, and, and everybody out there in the public can be there between 3 o'clock and 10 o'clock, and it's really about um, justice-involved youth. Yes. And 
you get a chance to meet these kids and you get to hear their stories. That's how change ultimately occurs, right? Because everybody deserves a second chance, and these young people need that. So you can go to, um, you know, standtogetherfoundation.org and just learn about Cafe Momentum and create change, the number four, youthjustice.com. You know, I'm glad you I'm glad you were talking about this. Last night at the media party, I spent about 30 minutes talking to a guy. He's not a part of the media. His wife happens to be, but he's a former corrections officer. And mm. we were talking about recidivism and then like how that affects the how it affects the guys in prison when you're adults, but how important is it to maybe make those changes at the youth so you don't end back up where you were as a youth as an adult? Right. And I think I think you're exactly right is that oftentimes, you know, there's a high percentage of people that go back into prison once they've been in prison. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about uh, making that change. It's about those that believe in you. It's about those that you're supported by that allow you to kind of understand what you went through, how to make a change, and how not to go back to prison. And so you're, you're exactly right in terms of making sure that these young people are able to hear and see and be a part of it. But it's also important that the community understands and sees mm -hmm. and hears these stories. And that's why CAF Momentum is so important. Yeah, and then you mentioned that. And who else is involved in this program? I think I've seen Anquan Bolden. Like, yeah, how, does, how does this come about with the Players Coalition, the players that you guys find that want to take part of such a special program? Well, you have Stand Together and Stand Together Foundation that works with a lot of different social entrepreneurs, those that are closest to the problem, um, oftentimes are the ones that have uh, the solution. And we believe this in a bottom-up approach. And so with Cafe Momentum, which is an amazing and still is an amazing restaurant in Dallas, Texas, mm -hmm. about building that out. And they came to us, and we were oh. like, Look, let's do this. And Sean Alexander has a great relationship with Players Coalition and Quan Bolden and so many different players that I've uh, had a chance to play with. You know, I played in the league for 11 years. And, you know, we didn't have the Player Coalition when I was playing, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden, everything that's happened in our society, I don't have to list it out. Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. And then all of a sudden, you know, people are making a concerted effort to understand, like, a better way to kind of learn, to see, to participate, to be involved. So you have Sean Alexander, Stand Together Foundation, you have CAF and Momentum, and then boom, we're in a bunch of cities, and now we're at the Super Bowl. Again, we're talking to Dehani Jones here at Radio Row for Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, i got to ask you about the actual food because I'm a, I love to eat. Hot you guys chicken and biscuits. Eat, oh, It's going to be good. <laughs> Look, you, everybody, you should have saw his face. You saw I think, it. I'm from you Tennessee. Know, I love going to Nashville. I love be, hot chicken. It's going to be incredible. And I believe that everybody here that's at Radio Row is going to be out there because obviously they want to have the food, but they're going to be out there more importantly because they want to meet these kids. Mm -hmm. All right, so now let's talk a little football, man. Got the big game coming up on Sunday, Eagles Chiefs. Who do you like more? What do you? Who do you like more? Who do I like more? I got to tell you, I like the Chiefs more. Why? I'm on Raider Nation Radio, and I know that that defense is good. But for me, Patrick Mahomes, I'm only 26 years old. This is this is me. So do you, I wasn't do you back. think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be 100 percent? He's going to be something close to it. Do you think that Jalen's going to be 100 percent? I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be more healthy than Jalen because I think that shoulder injury was more serious than we think. Mm, you know what? I didn't even I didn't even consider that. That's not his throwing arm. He hasn't thrown a passing touchdown in like three of the last four games. Like he's they don't, they're not asking him to do much. These are interesting stats that you bring up that I didn't even take into consideration. Mm -hmm. But I'm still going with the Eagles. I was just giving you a little bit of space in order to kind of get yourself out there for the rest of the Raiders Nation to know what really where your loyalty stands. No, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. No, we, we know where you stand. But I think it's actually going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the Eagles are going to win by seven. 
All right, Dahani, before I let you go, one more time, tell us what you got going on with Cafe Momentum. Cafe Momentum, we got the food truck right here, Radio Row for the media, 11 to 1, tomorrow and Friday for the public, 3 to 10. Go to standtogetherfoundation.org, learn more about Cafe Momentum. It's about these, you know, these young kids that have come out of the juvenile justice system. We want them to know that they, too, can have a second chance, learn their stories, and then believe in them so that they can have a better story in the future. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you. And here, here we are back on uh, Radio Row. That was Dahani Jones right there with DeMont Cotton. Fantastic job. And now we have the super agent, Lee Steinberg. Steinberg Sports is with us at the table. And you were just telling me about the humanitarian award. So at our Super Bowl party, yep. every year we give out humanitarian awards. And it's to highlight what someone in the football world has done off the field to make a positive impact. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, when we were in Miami, Mark Davis got okay. the owner award, and this year Dave Ziegler is getting the executive award. Nice. So it's fun. And, and Dave actually, we do agent academies to train the next uh, uh, iteration of sports agents mm -hmm. with ethics and values. We teach them how to negotiate, how to recruit, yeah. how to brand. And we did it in Las Vegas, and Dave spoke to our group. Nice, so nice. In in the stadium. So it was really fun. There it is right there. Raiders GM Dave Ziegler going to get the Humanitarian Award. And yep. your party is always fantastic that you have uh, the Super Bowl week. It's one of those that we all talk about here on Radio Row. But you have so much going on, Lee. And, and look, this, this game on Sunday has got your guy. <laughs> and I remember I tell people all the time how, and I don't have to tell you about being smart, but how smart you guys were when you guys got Patrick Mahomes. I remember we were in Houston, and you were walking him around, him and, uh, and others you were walking around and introducing them to all of us. And you kept saying, we have a plan. We're going to roll them out slowly, though. And then when it hits, it's going to hit. <laughs> and now it hits, right? So that was the plan. Well, I think it's important for a player to let their play on the field lead. Yeah. And their commitment to a community lead before they go commercialize themselves. Mm -hmm. So Patrick waited two years to do any endorsements. Right. And... By the time he was done, he was already MVP of the league. That's pretty amazing. Heck of a player. Again, Lee Steinberg is with us here. Radio Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. Go ahead, DeMar. When it comes to negotiating a deal with someone like Patrick Mahomes, who has such a big contract, but obviously wanting to protect the team, to you know, obviously build for the team to make it to the Super Bowl, what's that fine line between doing what's best for your client but also thinking about team success as well? So you mentioned doing what's best for your clients. So you would define that in two ways. Number one, maximizing the compensation he can get and hopefully making them financially secure for life. But number two, um, is there a cap situation that allows a team to put a supporting cast together that will get a player to this game and mm -hmm. this Super Bowl? <clears throat> this is the premier marketing event in American sports and players that play dramatically in this game cross over from just being football fans right. favorites to being a, you know a household name so you have to define that it is a slippery uh, balance but uh, you have to hit the right note how difficult is it when a player like a Josh Jacobs, you know, we saw him, he got his fifth-year option declined and went out and led the league in rushing, and now he's a free agent, 
he might get franchise tagged, but he wants to get paid. I mean, how, how do you kind of – would you approach that with a, a running back, especially since running backs have been devalued? The devaluation doesn't match their importance on the field. Right, exactly. And so um, how do you run that offense without Jacobs? Right. You know, you, yeah. it just is very difficult. So um, I'm not sure about that. I'd lock him up. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's 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 what it should be, and that's what he said. You know, hey, you want me to be the hero? You want me to play like the hero? You know, treat me like the hero. At this exact moment, there's yeah. no quarterback. Right, right. Well, yeah, exactly. They have that that issue as well, looking for a quarterback. But, I mean, how, how difficult is it at times to kind of go into negotiations with these front offices? And you're, you're friends. You have great relationships. But at the same time, it's business. <clears throat> I think a lot of what's important is listening skills. Mm -hmm. If you can draw out another human being and understand their values and priorities and what's critical to them Mm -hmm. and get them to reveal their deepest anxieties and fears and their greatest hopes and dreams and put yourself in the other person's heart and mind and see the world the way they see it, then you're going to be much more able to navigate gracefully. So I need in a negotiation to understand what a win is for the uh, owner. Mm -hmm. He's got to make profitability. And uh, so I understand that. Right. (coughs) Can we craft a Mm win-win that's good for him and good for my player? Right, no doubt, no doubt. Lee Steinberg is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, you always used to tell us a story about uh, being uh, that young man sitting at the Oakland Coliseum at the, in the top deck right. and, and how, how big of a, uh, you know, you had season tickets for the Raiders. Right, I did. And there was a young red-headed kid sitting next to me. I was a kid, too. And his name was Mark. <laughs> and we used to bang on the uh, big metal stanchion behind the top row of seats we're at the very top but we're on the 40 and uh it was a young guy named mark redhead and uh, now he owns the raiders (laughs) yep (laughs) when it comes to you said you have the agent camps and you're teaching the next the next generation of sports agents what would you say is the best skill that you're looking for when it comes to being a sports agent again i think listening drawing out being aware of your environment i think it's drawing out another person and uh cutting below the surface um men especially don't share so easily their deep emotional feelings and so you have to be more skillful in drawing that person out and really understanding from their perspective what things are like. There you wow. go. No, that's, that's good. That's a good <laughs> there you go, DeMond. Right there. There, there you go, DeMond. Just got to be a good, good listener. That's a good tip there, Lee. Thank, just, thank you. Just got to be a good listener. So uh, tell us again.